Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ribbon. This podcast is brought to you by Pete's Car Smart Kia. These guys are not here just to sell you a car, but they believe in building relationships with their customers and the community. Visit their website at petescarsmartkia.com and be sure to follow them on their social media platforms as well. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse, Pam McMillan. Hey, Ryan, I'm excited about today's episode. I think we're all going to learn something new. You know, Pam, I am too. Um, I'm excited for a number of reasons. One, uh, the topic is is great, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, and it's something that a lot of people, as you just said, uh, have a lot to learn from. And it doesn't matter, you know, if you're a caregiver, if you're in your treatment, if you're out of treatment for 10 years, or even if you're not a cancer survivor at all, I think we all can learn from today's episode. Oh, I think so. Yes, today uh, we're very excited to have uh, someone that's a personal friend of mine, uh, someone that I know uh, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. she's been here at the center a few times, um, and I, I think it's important to to address, her name is Mary Margaret Gertie. Mary Margaret, how are you? I'm great today. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> you know, uh, but I have to say, um, I don't really know you as Mary Margaret. I know you as Eminem. So we may <laughs> refer, we may go that route. Is that all right? Please. <laughs> it, it, it makes things more comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. You know, um, we've known each other for a long time. Um, Very long time. Exactly. We were just mm-hmm. talking about some of that. Um, but I want you uh, to uh, really share with our listeners today from your heart. And I think, I think we're really looking forward to that. Okay, that sounds great. I'm in. Awesome. I would I would love to hear more about um, who you are and what you do. And okay, well, um, right now I am um, coming kind of from two directions in this podcast. Uh, one because um, I am a cancer survivor, and also um, I'm a chaplain here in a local hospital here in Amarillo. And uh, work with a lot of patients who are in medical crisis. And so I'm able to um, just help them uh, walk a hard journey, uh, just like I have myself. Wow. Yeah. So you're able to really kind of, um, for our listeners, you're able to really empathize and, and know where they're coming from. But then also you're able to draw from that with the folks that you serve in your job. That's exactly right. And sometimes I really am preaching to the choir. (laughs) So you said you were a cancer survivor. When um, was your diagnosis? Uh, My diagnosis was uh, seven years ago on uh, July 31st, seven years ago. And um, I was 36 years old at the time. Uh, And I was, (laughs) crazy story, Um, I went from having bronchitis to four hours later being diagnosed with uh, leukemia. And my type of leukemia is called CML. And on that day, I didn't even know that there were different kinds of leukemia. Um, I just I just knew that uh, people went bald and they got real puffy faces. And so that was, that was my <laughs> biggest fear, honestly, mm-hmm. in that moment. And um, I had three small children at the time. My oldest um, was going into eighth grade. My middle one was going into fifth grade. And then my youngest was going into third grade. And so I just, I didn't really know what I was up against um, seven years ago. And and the interesting thing about uh, my form of leukemia is that it's it's really a lifelong form of cancer. There's really uh, no completely getting rid of it. So I'm also on chemo essentially for the rest of my life. I take an oral form um, every morning and uh, we just we just keep it at bay and, and I continue to, to live life. That's awesome. 
Absolutely. You know, um, as you said, there, and, and, and we won't get into all the details, but there are several forms of leukemia. Many of our listeners are going, oh, yeah, I have this kind and I have that kind. And, um, but, yeah, when, until you're in that arena, you just hear leukemia. That's right. Um, but there's so many different forms. And, um, you know, so uh, it becomes a chronic illness, right? You're managing it chronically with a daily uh, chemotherapy pill. Mm-hmm. Anything? Yep. Everything's good, though. Seven years. That's a long, a long journey to walk. I know you've yeah. got a lot <laughs> of experiences um, to share with us. And so, you know, today's podcast, we're talking about self-care. We're talking about both from a, um, um, a spiritual uh, self-care and an emotional self-care. And I don't know, Eminem, do you have a, like a, a general broad definition of self-care? Doing whatever makes your heart feel happy or peaceful in the moment is probably the the best definition of self-care. Now is self-care expensive or time consuming? It can be expensive, but it can also be absolutely free. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, um, I, I read an, an article I read and, and it, um, the, the interesting thing they, cause I always think of, okay, when I think of self-care, I think of like, you know, um, just taking care of myself as, as the word says and um, doing what I like to do uh, wherever that moment is. Um, but the interesting thing was, and I, I'll read this cause I want to make sure I get it correct. Um, it said the basic idea, and it goes right along with what you said. The basic idea of self-care is to be kind to yourself so that you can be kind to others. Mm-hmm. And then it says, uh, simply it's a way of applying the golden rule to yourself. And I, when I read that, I thought, well, duh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> but it's so hard to do. It's so that? hard to do. Mm-hmm. It is. That's it right. is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Um, why, I mean, why do you think that is hard to do? I think, I think because we think, uh, too much of what we think we should get out of our own selves. Um, and that this is something that, gosh, I talk to myself about my family, about, uh, patients in the hospital about, you know, um, when they're really struggling, um, with a medical crisis or an emotional crisis or a spiritual crisis, you know, you really think that you should be a whole lot better than you are in that moment. And I always just try to, I'm I'm big on flipping perspectives. Um, And so I'm always trying to reframe a perspective for someone. And and it may just be as simple as, um, you know, if, if they're going through some kind of crisis and I flip it and I say, okay, if this was, if this was your spouse or your best friend, and they were going through what you're going through in this moment. Would you expect this out of them? And of course they say, well, of course not. Like, that's right. not, right. that's too much. Like, nobody can do that. And I said, then why do you expect this out of yourself? Um, and so that's a lot uh, what I do, you know, on a daily basis working with with patients um, who are going through different crises. But, it, you know, it's the same thing. We all do that. We expect way more out of ourselves than we necessarily mm. do out of yeah. You know, our friends and our family. Almost and our like neighbors. we're our we're our toughest critic. We're Absolutely. Our, you know, toughest mm-hmm. evaluator. I, I I remember one time um, there was a uh, someone had said something to the effect of, you know, we need to quit um, saying like I should I should be better or I should be able to you know walk around the block without getting winded or I should be able to lift ten pounds, 
And, and we're the, our worst enemy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you, 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 as you said, you're, it's perspective. You know, mm-hmm. You're able to do that, whatever that level is, or you're able to do um, the activities instead of saying, I should be able to, mm-hmm. or I, I, I'm hard on myself. Yeah. Instead of saying, I didn't have enough energy to, you know, go to dinner. I did have enough energy to talk to my friend on the phone today yeah. or walk around the block or whatever it might be. And, and each day is different. And I think that's, we've got to give ourselves a lot of grace in True. that. Right. Why do you think um, self-care matters during a cancer diagnosis or treatment? Oh, goodness. Because, um, you know, from my own personal experience, uh, each day is so different. And you don't, you know, especially living with a, with a chronic form, um, there are days that I wake up, you know, most days at this point, I feel pretty good. Other days, you know, I still have crazy amounts of fatigue. My bones ache, uh, my joints hurt, um, because now I, I've added fibromyalgia to my list of stuff because of my, uh, the chronic length of time I've been on chemo now. Yeah. It's messed with all the nerves, um, in my body. And so, uh, I, I just think it's, it's, it's just because every day is so different. And so, You've, you've got to take each day as its own animal and figure out what you need um, in that day right. and do what you need. And I guess I look at cancer as um, once you get that diagnosis, um, you have no control. But with self-care, you, do, you can control the things that you do, the way that you feel. Um, and I think it's important for our listeners and our um, patients and survivors to know that um, it's one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And it's really, you know, one step activity or one, you know, goal in mind, just like you said, you know, um, today's great tomorrow, you know, may be important that you do something, um, to take your mind off of the aches or the, whatever it is, you know, that you've got going on to try to alleviate those symptoms. Mm -hmm. If you dwell on that, of course, then that begins a whole nother downward spiral of, of emotions Mm -hmm. and feelings and it affects family, mm-hmm. it affects caregivers, and so forth. And, you know, that's another thing we, we really want to stress as well, that it's very important, too, for caregivers to have self-care. Absolutely. Because I know, you know, caregiver fatigue is absolutely a real thing. A real deal. It's, mm-hmm. It is. It is. Yep. And it's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're a caregiver, and I know there's some caregivers out there listening that um, you hear probably nodding their heads and it is, it really is <laughs> yeah. because you, you are essentially becoming, you know, at, at someone else's, you know, disposal of whatever they need. You want to give your loved one, you want to give your spouse, you know, you, your family, your child, you want to give them everything that they need and you neglect yourself, which I think is what's really hard too, because um, I think more than likely when you, we talked about it being difficult, I think it's especially difficult for women. That's, mm-hmm. that's my own. And of course, yeah. of course, I'm not a woman, but I do feel like it's incredibly hard from what I see with working with survivors that it's incredibly hard for women. Mm-hmm. I think we think that we have to do everything. Um, nobody else can take care of us or do the things that day to day that we're in charge of. Nobody can do them right. And sometimes we have to let go and let others take care of us. And that's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay to ask for help. It's okay. And it's okay um, to schedule time for ourselves, um, because if we're not well, then we can't care for others either. That's right. Yeah. It's okay to be selfish once in a while and yes. do things for yourself. Oh, I, so <laughs> that then in turn you can do things for other people. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, uh, it really is one of those things that, that has far reaching tentacles, if you will, 
you know, when, when it said, um, uh, be kind to yourself so that you could be kind to others. I know when on, on a very, you know, very, uh, uh, surface level, you know, when I'm tired or when I'm exhausted or when I'm not feeling well, and by no means am I relating that to cancer, mm-hmm. but I, I know how I maybe treat my family, you know, or, or my friends. And I can only imagine that it's exponentially greater um, when you're going through uh, cancer treatment, you know, getting chemo and you're just wiped out from chemo or you've had radiation and you have side effects or whatever the case may be. Um, it does. It reaches out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the things I I did early on and, and I teach a lot of, of people this just just in the work that I do each and every day. Um, and y'all have probably heard of this is the spoon theory. No, no. You heard of the spoon <laughs> no, theory? I haven't, I haven't. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you about the spoon theory. Let's do. It's something, um, and and for you, if anybody's out there listening that has other chronic illness, um, th- this is something that a lot of people with chronic illness talk about is the spoon theory. But I think uh, for anybody walking through cancer and treatment or caregiving or self care, because that's really what this is all about, the spoon theory. Um, it, it's it's good to know about it. So let's pretend that you wake up every morning and you get to hold 10 spoons in your hand and you kind of lay there for a minute in your bed and you kind of assess how you're feeling. Okay. How, how's this day going to be? Like, what, what am I feeling in my body? Like physically, how do I think this day is going to be? How's my heart feeling? Am I feeling, is my heart feeling a little tender? Is it feeling strong? You know, all these things play into, um, the spoons. And so what happens is you have these two, 10 spoons that you wake up with. And, um, let's say that I wake up and, and maybe my, um, bones are aching or my joints are aching for the day. And just to get out of bed, I'm going to have to give up two spoons because that's the energy that it's going to take me to do that. Um, and then maybe getting ready for work, just hopping in the shower, getting my hair done. If it's a school day, making sure my kids have everything they need. That's another couple of spoons. Um, and then, you know, driving to work might be, another spoon. And Mm -hmm. so very quickly, my 10 spoons are dwindling down. Right. Mm -hmm. And I also know that maybe there's a school activity to go to that night for one of my children or something else might be a church activity, whatever it might be. Um, and you know that that's going to be a three hour long event. And so you pre-plan, okay, well that's four spoons just in my energy level for today. So then you think, okay, well, if I've already used four getting ready, and I need four for tonight. Okay, that leaves me two spoons to get through the day. And so how can I take care of myself in ways um, that are going to help conserve my energy um, or just conserve in my stamina throughout the day to make sure I'm getting things done that are most important to me for that day? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe it's, you know, I sit at my desk and I get some desk work done because in my job, there's a lot of days that I never even make it to my desk. Um, and, and there's you know, paperwork things for me to do. And so you just have to sit and take those spoons and go, okay, how am I going to use these to the best of my ability and very wisely, um, today. And so, um, I think the spoon theory is a, is a great thing and, but not even just for, um, somebody going through cancer, uh, just for life, right? Right. Just for life. Cause we all have busy lifestyles. It's a good thing that we get 10 more spoons the next <laughs> day, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah I was going to say, wait a minute, yeah. is that 10 for the week? Or no. 10 for, absolutely. You I'm know, a- that, that's, that's very, very uh, 
powerful because one of the things I, I, I think about is, okay, you know how um, the old adage of, you know, um, if you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that almost kind of comes into play with that. Like I'm, I'm going to conserve my energy. I'm going to conserve what I do. I'm not going to, you know, go uh, 100% um, during the day because I know tonight, like you, as you said, I've got a choir concert. I've got this to go to our, a school uh, program, um, whatever the case may be. So it's almost like planning your day as you're getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's... It's powerful for it our listeners, it um, is. especially those cancer survivors that have fatigue that mm-hmm. don't even feel like getting out of bed. So they yeah, have there's, 10 spoons today. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. might, it might take nine mm-hmm. to get out of bed for one day and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Get out of bed and go lay on the couch, whatever you Try. need to do for the day. It's, yep. it's really just starting to make that effort beyond, you know, that one accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I've always thought about too is, um, especially during treatment, it's important to really kind of, in, in, in ways like this is setting boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, for self-care. And I think mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's important because, you know, um, and, and, allow, and one of the things that you said, Pam, is allowing someone to help and do those types of things. So setting those boundaries during treatment might look like things like um, saying no to something, as we said, or mm-hmm. maybe uh, saying no is OK. Yeah, it is. You don't always have to say yes. It's hard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I had to learn that. And that's a hard lesson to learn. But I absolutely had to do that. Mm-hmm. I think in the times that I've genuinely said no to something that I knew I, I, I needed to do or needed to be at, but just couldn't, it's really kind of freeing. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. it really allows you maybe, I don't know if you earn a spoon back, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. You know, yeah. those kinds of things. But one of the things I thought of too is, you know, like during treatment and setting boundaries is, you know, being able to turn your phone off. Um, for those of us who are working and, and have those, it may be very difficult, but I think that can be a, a, um, a form of self-care um, mm-hmm. and, and turn, you know, being away from the phone, being untethered for a bit um, to relax and, and truly take care of yourself. It's a freeing thing to do. Um, I know for myself, I turn off my phone at 830 at night and comes back on at 830 in the morning. And if somebody needs me, they will know how to get a hold of me, but it feels good. It makes me feel better. So yeah, it's a great thing. So Eminem, do you have any um, simple self-care um, tips for people um, going through treatment or a diagnosis? Yeah, I think the most important thing is that when you're when you're looking at self-care, I mean, you could go from, um, you know, reading a book, um, taking a walk, painting a picture, journaling. Um, I mean, pulling weeds. I know that sounds silly, but that's actually one of mine. Um, <laughs> it's very therapeutic. <laughs> it is very therapeutic because I'm like, this is the state of my heart. And then by the end, uh, I have a, a pretty piece of dirt and it just makes my heart feel better. <laughs> so um, I think what's what's important is whatever activity you choose to do, um, you know, even if it's sitting and, and watching a movie, um, whatever activity you choose, make sure that it's life giving and not life sucking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. because you know, what's right for you, um, is not necessarily going to be what's right for somebody else. So like for me, um, I don't like to journal mm-hmm. and everybody yeah. tells you, oh, write it down. journal about your cancer experience, journal, journal. 
And I'm like, ooh, gag. Like that, like mm-hmm. that gives me stress in my heart to think about that. <laughs> right. And so I would much rather it's the exact opposite. Exactly. <laughs> and, but I know for so many people, like they're able to just put into words exactly what their heart is feeling. And that is super therapeutic. But for some reason, something about journaling stressful. It is so stressful to me. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, mine might be um, painting or, like I said, um, pulling weeds or, I, I, you know, it, it's just not journaling. I can tell you that. <laughs> and a lot of it, a lot of it may be um, whatever at that moment, you know, like, for instance, you know, it, it may be in the wintertime and it may be just sitting by the fire, mm-hmm. enjoying a, a cup of hot cocoa yep. or your morning coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it's situational, at least is right. what I found. A lot right. Of it's, it's yeah, situational. Absolutely. Or getting a massage mm-hmm. and yes. talking to a friend. Um, yeah. I think There's those so are many different. I think I think a lot of people may just get scared to think outside the box. I think True. that's super important for self-care is to think outside the box. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't have to do what everybody else is doing because yours is probably going to look and it needs to be different than the person sitting next to you. Yeah, it has right. to be meaningful. Yeah. I mean, I, I know for Pam, and I'll, I'll just throw this out there and she's going to laugh when I say this, but I know for Pam... Um, because I, I've, I've witnessed this. One of the one of things that I think would be high on her list for self-care is baking. Um, I, you know, and, and to me, that's like, uh, and you know, so obviously it's different with, for a, a man and, and a woman. yours would probably be riding your bike, and I'm thinking, ugh, this sweat, no <laughs> right? thank you. I know, I know. <laughs> and so you're right when you said it has to be meaningful for that person. It has mm-hmm. to be something that they enjoy and definitely not stressful. Right. Um, it could even be as simple as taking a nap. Yep, absolutely. I mean, it could be as simple as, um, you know, visualization. And we do a lot of things here at the center where we have meditation classes that we've done. And, you know, that's that's sounds weird because you're sitting there and you think, well, I'm going to fall asleep. Well, if that happens, it happens. That's okay. Yeah, you're right? taking care of you. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, what about music? I know you, music's in your background. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever used music for self-care? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the sweetest things that my uh, husband did after I got diagnosed was he started buying us um, uh, symphony tickets. And so oh. we became uh, season ticket holders because he just knew that that was a way that a, a creative outlet, I, my undergrad's actually in music. And so I just enjoy all kinds of music um, and have, or is, I'm involved in music at our church and you know, love to keep up with all the crazy uh, songs that my teenagers listen to on the radio. And so I just love a little bit of, of everything. And um, anyway, that was that was a super sweet thing because he knew that once a month that would be just a little life-giving thing that, that he and I could go do um, together. Yeah. And, you know, there were, there were many um, Fridays that I knew that it was a Friday night for the symphony and I had to save up my spoons mm-hmm. because... Yeah. Especially there in the beginning, like I was like, oh, I don't have the energy. I don't right. have the energy to get up and get dressed and wash my hair and put on a dress. And True. So he was taking care of you. And um, what did he do for himself? Oh, I think, I think for him, um, I think for him, it was, he had a couple of really great guy friends that just really came around him. And, yeah. um, you know, one of his friends described that, it was a it was a Moses and an Aaron moment, and that um, that that's as as Christ followers, this is what you know we tend to do. And I talk about this, you know, in my work as being a chaplain. But um, 
when one of us is down, that's how God's family comes around them. And, um, just like Aaron held up Moses arms, um, that we come around and, and hold up other people's arms, uh, when they're tired in the week. And that's just how the body of Christ works. And so, um, I, I think for him, that was, he had a couple really great guy friends that, that did that for him. So it's like broadening your support network, absolutely, you know, Mm -hmm. and leaning on your support network, letting your support network help you Mm -hmm. and and do things for you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one of those things too is, um, that may or may not be of, of interest to folks is joining a support group. Absolutely. You know, if that's, if that's their cup of tea, so to speak, then, I mean, it's perfect. I mean, it's the right thing because, you know, sometimes just talking about, you know, uh, your situation and having a listening ear, um, which of course I know you do in your job. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very important. I always tell people you've got to find an unbiased support group so that they can listen to you and not hear all the background noise. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Uh, with our support group here, I think it's important that, um, those that feel like that's something that they need or want and to try it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're not committed. No, um, no. Yeah. And, and I might throw this out there too, Pam. As you said a minute ago, um, it doesn't cost you anything when you come and try some of our activities or or, or events and classes, right? Because right. it's free. Everything's free. free. Um, you know, one of the things, Mary Margaret, that that you were talking about, um, you were talking about thinking outside the box and doing different things. You mm-hmm. know, and some people, maybe myself included, might think going to the symphony. Uh, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if all you symphony <laughs> lovers out there. Um, yeah, just, it would be just, a new experience. It would broaden totally your horizon. New <laughs> totally new experience. But you know, like um, some of the things, and we like to try to really push the envelope in terms of activities and events here at the center. Um, you know, for instance, we uh, do take groups fly fishing, um, you know, and while it's incredibly therapeutic to be outdoors, um, if that's something you want to do. Um, it is um, a, a new skill. It's a lifelong, broadening your horizons. Horizon. It's a new skill. Um, but it's it's something, it's those creative escapes, you know, those mind escapes. Like mm-hmm. It gives you a chance to really kind of maybe for the moment, forget about what happened this morning, how hard it was, how many spoons it took to get out of bed, and how many spoons you did and then saved, and here you are, and now you're able to focus in on this. Was there anything else that you did that maybe was kind of sort of, which I would say pulling weeds would be definitely out of the box. <laughs> was anything, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, anything else that maybe you did that, you know, just, we're just th- trying to throw out some ideas for folks. Yeah. Uh, gosh, anything for me, anything just creative. Like I literally might even go to like the Dollar Tree and, uh, crazy enough, you can make a wreath for like six or seven bucks at the Dollar Tree. And there's been moments where I just, I just need to create something. Um, and so that's a pretty cheap way to go out and do it. And if I like it, great. I'll keep it. If it's terrible, it's, you know, $5 it can go in the trash or I can give it to somebody. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, some of the things also that we do here, and I know that you've been a part of is, uh, massage, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, massage can be that moment definitely where, um, while you're in that moment there, it is so healing and it's yeah. so refreshing. Um, man, maybe you might fall asleep. I don't know. Knowing Melanie, you might, you, might. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, meditation, we talked about meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do yoga as mm-hmm. well. Yoga can be a very good self care. Mm-hmm. 
We also do um, Tai Chi, which sometimes it's outside, broaden your horizon. And along that line, we also do uh, Qigong or um, Qigong, as some might say. So that's something to try also. Do you find in your job, Mary Margaret, that counseling is um, a good form of self-care when it's necessary? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it is. I think um, for me personally, I think one of the things that I struggled with the most was um, feeling alone. Because uh, I and I and I think I've heard that from many people that have gone through cancer, um, you know. And I I look at that also on the spiritual level. Um, right. I I think uh, I think that's what the evil one wants us to believe about ourselves in those situations that that we're alone, and um, so it can be um, a very dark, lonely place, and so. Um, I think, and I did end up going to see um, a counselor, um, probably it was maybe about six months or so after my diagnosis, and, and mainly that was due to my husband. He's the one that called and made me an appointment, because <laughs> um, I think he he was missing his wife that he knew at that right. moment. Um, but, it, but, you know, the bravest thing you can do is ask for some help when you need it. And, uh, to me, that is, is such a brave thing because the world and society tell us that, um, that we shouldn't need help, that, uh, going to get help is a sign of weakness Uh and all of that when it's actually the complete opposite. Because if you, uh, choose to go get a little help, you know, and you may just need, uh, to go see somebody just a couple of times. Yeah. Right. Um, or you may need a year's worth um, of going and, and visiting with someone. It's okay either way. Um, it's how you're wired up. Um, and so in my job, that's a lot of, of what I do is um, talk to patients about what they're, they're feeling, you know, in the moment. But um, I not always tell them that um, talking about what's going on on the inside is actually the bravest thing you can do. It's not a sign of weakness. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. I know, Pam, that's one of the things that you share a lot with survivors when you meet uh, with them. All the time. It's it's amazing how people say, well, I don't want to bother so-and-so. I don't want to burden this person. And I always tell them, you know, it's important. It's important to take care of you. And counseling's one way for you to not feel like you're burdening your loved ones, your caregivers. Um, it's a great option. Absolutely. So, and I yeah. just have to say, too, we have two of the most amazing counselors here at the survivorship center that we work with, Mm -hmm. uh, both Tiffany and Liz, Mm -hmm. you know, we've, um, worked with them for a number of years and they're both amazing. Um, and I know that the people that work, that visit with them and and sit down and go through sessions with them, um, appreciate them as well. I mean, I can tell you, I can't even count on the number of uh, fingers, how many times patients have come back and said, thank you. Thank you for pushing me. Um, I'm glad that I went, and um, uh, I really got something out of that. and That's what I needed. So I'm glad that we have Liz and um, Tiffany here. Absolutely. So. You know, and, and one of the things, too, is I know for men it, it, it's hard. And, 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 and I don't make – just because it's men, it's hard for women, too. But I know it's hard for men to, to talk through – uh, feelings and we're supposed to be, mm-hmm. t- you know, tough and strong. And just like you just said, you know, as, as women, they're strong and they're the fixers and the caregivers. And so I think it ultimately it's just, it's just hard for us as humans. Uh, it's not, it, it, it's for everyone. Right. Yeah. 
uh, one of the things too that I think is important is um, for that I've learned here in, in us talking, and I, I so appreciate what your husband did. I think it's it's important as um, a caregiver or a spouse or or someone who's going through treatment um, to give permission to the other person you know who needs the self care. So just like he did, he made the appointment for you. He bought the tickets for you guys to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so powerful because um, it's almost like, oh yeah, I guess that's, you know, my, my spouse, my caregiver sees that I'm, I'm struggling. Right. And that's, that's a bold, mo- that's a bold move. And I yeah. think that, that I, I'd certainly applaud him for that because I think that's, um, so it's okay, right? We need to, we need to encourage our listeners um, when they see their loved one, whether it's the, the cancer survivor or, mm-hmm the caregiver, whichever way, you know, give, Hey, go do something, mm-hmm. go, yeah. go do this. Right. I know, I know you're right, Pam. Riding a bike is one of the things that I enjoy <laughs> the most, you know, by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't like riding in groups. I like being by myself because I can talk to myself and people don't look at me. <laughs> and I can, I can stop. What do you and, say, Ryan? What do you say to yourself? Weird things, weird things. Like, we don't want to know. I wonder how long <laughs> that tree's been there. I wonder, you know, those kind actually some of the things when you're riding along on a road and you see a car, I often wonder in like an, like an 18 wheeler pulling something, I often just go, what's in that truck? You know? And it's just really weird things, right? They help you pass the time. Um, but you know, the thing of it is, I know when I'm crabby or when I'm, you know, stressed, I know my wife says, you just, why don't you go ride your bike? You know? And you're like, Hmm, okay, maybe I will. And you do, right? You feel so much better. So, so that where I'm headed with all that is aside from, you know, talking about what's in trucks and stuff on the side of the road, but, um, exercise, wellness, being active. And Mm -hmm. we preach that a lot Mm -hmm. about being active at whatever level they are, um, being engaged in a group and being, whether it's, whether it's our walking group where they walk, right? I mean, that's everybody walk can walk um, at, at some speed, even if it's very, 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 very slow. You know, we have we have accommodations for that. Accommodations on any of our classes. Um, you know, some classes might not be right for you, but That's right. it's worth a try. Again, every class is free, so um, all you're wasting is your time, or maybe not wasting your time, maybe getting <laughs> something out of it. So That's right. Right. And, of yeah. course, the, you know, we need to make sure and stress, too, that we encourage uh, – a caregiver to come with the cancer survivor. Right. So it works both ways. So they get mm-hmm. both from a, a, a survivor standpoint and a caregiver. It can both be um, that that way. And maybe the caregiver loves to come to water exercise. and That the, rowdy bunch. Yeah. And the, <laughs> and the survivor says, you'll never get me in the pool, but I'm coming to do yoga, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why, you know, we, we've said before, we, we have 60 some odd classes a month and, um, it's something for everyone. It's kind of a buffet. Pick and choose a little right. bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> Try this, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like one size does not fit all. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I'm still puzzled by the picking of weeds. That's <laughs> doesn't fit me. Maybe you should try it sometime. It's I very should. therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what me and my daughter do. Um, almost every night we go out in the front yard and it's amazing how many weeds you can find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or long we spent an hour outside and And it's good it time well spent together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It might not be for everybody. Absolutely. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Mary Margaret, talk with us about a little bit about spiritual self-care. We've, we've touched a lot on wellness. We've touched a lot on uh, emotional um, and, and physical. What about spiritual self-care? Well, interestingly enough, like um, I actually went through a bit of a faith crisis after I got diagnosed. And 
Um, so that was something that I personally really had not been through. Um, and so it, it took me, it took me about a year. Um, because again, what's just so interesting, what was going through my mind is I believed, um, in God's love and God's promises for everybody else, but I wasn't quite sure it was for me, um, that those promises were still there for me because here I was, you know, a 36 year old, um, that was going to be kind of washed up and dried up and wasn't going to be able to have, um, just a, a great life. Um, and so I thought, Hmm, what's happened to those promises for me? So I actually went through a, a bit of a, um, a faith crisis, but what's so interesting is God always weaves such a wonderful story. Um, when, when I got over that, um, and I fully understood, um, God's concept of grace that no matter, where I was in this thing called life, um, you know, working full time, raising three kids, being married. And now I had this thing called leukemia that was added to my life. Um, God was going to take me just where I was. And, um, so when I finally got to the other side of that, um, it, it just, it was like this light bulb went off in my head and, and I just thought, okay, all these people that have poured into me for the last, you know, 12 to 18 months, I thought I need to, I need to do this for somebody else because mm-hmm. I surely don't want anybody else to just walk through this terrible thing that I have done. And so, um, at that point I decided, okay, well, I think I kind of want to go into some kind of, um, counseling or whatever it might be, um, ended up going to seminary and, um, got a degree in pastoral counseling. And so, um, I use that now for, um, being a chaplain here at the hospital. Yeah. You know, um, your story is, is, has similar weavings as, as my story. And I know Mm -hmm. I've shared my story before of, um, I felt like, you know, naturally uh, in my, in my life, I had, I had I heard the words, you have lymphoma, Ultimately, as I shared before, it, it turned out not to be lymphoma. Mm-hmm. But for about three months, two months, it seemed like that's really what you had, you know. And so you, you, um, in that case, you, you just sit back and you go, "This really stunk," and mm-hmm. I don't ever want anyone to have to go through that those feelings, yeah. you know. And so I applaud you definitely for being kind of like a, a, the clay, and mm-hmm. you were molded and utilized your experience to do what you do now. Yeah. Absolutely. Touched many lives then through your story. Yeah. Yeah. And most people, you know, rarely, rarely do I ever tell my story to Mm -hmm. any of the patients that I work with. Every once in a while, it's appropriate. Um, But it's more it's more the nursing staff when they get to know me a little bit better and they realize actually what I've walked through and what I'm, you know, currently walking through. And um, they're like, gosh, I can't believe that you're doing all of what you do because of what you went through. And, um, I think that's the beauty of, of walking a a faith filled life is, is, um, that my cancer diagnosis was just one part of the piece of the puzzle. Um, Mm. where, you know, for a year I thought that was the only, that was the only piece of the puzzle. That was it. Uh, but, but now I see that how, you know, God has just woven that into the rest of my puzzle and, and we'll see what other pieces get added on from here. Yeah. You know, um, 
it, it goes back to one of my favorite quotes from uh, Steve Jobs, and it talks about connecting the dots mm-hmm. and how you can't connect the dots um, looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. Yep. And it's amazing how clear those dots are in the backwards, mm-hmm. you know, as they always say, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? <laughs> but in this case, yeah, you really start to connect those dots and you go, oh, I see now why I went the purpose. through mm-hmm. what I went through. Yeah. And I see, oh, yeah. And I, and I see that. And I, I, I sense that you see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So if somebody is having a spiritual crisis, what are some things that you suggest that they can do for themselves to get through that time? I think the most important thing is just to be patient with yourself uh, because God is going to be patient with you. Um, He is so gracious and is going to be willing to wait for you. And he understands Uh, your human emotions because he's the one that gave them to you. He's the one that created us to have emotion. And uh, there's not any emotions that are bad or that are wrong. Um, And so just, um, just give yourself some grace, uh, just like God's going to give you grace um, to walk through maybe a faith crisis or just even questioning. I mean, you know, it goes back to that age old uh, question that says, you know, why do good or why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. You know, that right. we just ask that as humanity in general, uh, let alone like if you get diagnosed with something um, or a family member dies or, you know, whatever um, that we go through is, is uh, God's okay with us asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just be, just be patient and allow yourself, um, allow yourself to be angry, but just know that you need to, to, only allow yourself to be angry for a time and not forever. Um, I have I, a, a job that I had several years ago. We always had this statement that um, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, I think I think that's just part of the process that um, just knowing that, that God's always going to be there um, regardless. And when mm-hmm. you're ready to turn back, he'll be there with open arms. Right. It's just an emotional roller coaster from the time of diagnosis um, until you can see light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and sometimes that tunnel seems forever. Really dark yeah. and I mean, really... Yeah. You know, <laughs> wow. And I mm-hmm. think um, that's where it, it brings back into, as you said, you know, um, surrounding yourself with, um, with people that can really kind of help pull you through yep. that time takes a village. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Sometimes a large village. Yeah. <laughs> Not just in raising your kids and getting through cancer as well. Right, right. And that circle is okay to grow. So. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, gosh, I think I think our listeners probably have um, learned a lot from today. Mm-hmm. I, I know I have. Um, I feel like this is one of those things that um, there's no perfect answer. We talked about that. There's, mm-hmm. It's it's so specific and individualized. And I think if there's one thing I learned through you sharing your story is, um, you know, it is okay to feel how you're feeling. feeling. Right. And yeah. I know, Pam, you share that a lot, that it's normal. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the time. And I think that we have to realize that um, self-care is um, just as unique as we are. So Yeah. And um, ongoing. Ongoing. Um, and it's a process. And it's important to schedule that time for yourself so that you can be the best version of yourself. 
Yeah. You know, I like that about scheduling. I, I'm very schedule oriented and I know that if I, if it's on my calendar, I'm less likely to forget. Right. You know? Um, so that's one of the things I know that, you know, trying to schedule things and schedule it with someone, if that's, mm-hmm. if that's what you need to keep you accountable for that. I think that's important. I too. know whenever I meet with, um, our survivors they are, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. I said, you have to make the time. It's mm-hmm. just like an appointment and you have to write it in your books. You show up. If you want to try yoga, that's what you schedule for. So, and making the time to take care of ourselves is so important. And saving spoons. Save your spoons. spoons. I'm going to have to go to the symphony. (laughs) So you can go to the symphony. (laughs) Can can we give you some of our spoons so you can go? (laughs) You know, I think that's good. And I'm going to remember that. And I know, uh, I think I've got, there's ways I know I can save some spoons and, and, and keep those in reserve. Mm -hmm. That's just good advice for anybody. For anybody. Absolutely. For anybody. Yeah. Wow. I tell you, well, I, I really appreciate you sharing with us your story. Um, as you said, you don't share it with very many people, and I think we're all fortunate um, mm-hmm. to, to hear that and learn from it because we all have a story. Yeah. You know, we all have a story. And I, I go back to, uh, Pam, I know you were there um, when um, Ethan Zahn came and spoke um, to our survivors, mm-hmm. and he talked about how I think it was a card that his mom gave him, and it said, um, a bird doesn't sing because it knows the answers. A bird sings because it has a song. Right. And he really challenged everyone to sing their song, share their song. It's in, Everybody's song is individual. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be some interwebs that are kind of woven together where, yeah, I, I can relate to that or those types of things. But it's your story. It is your it story. Is, it is powerful for you to share your story. And it's unique and it's your story to write. Yes. So. And everybody can learn from it. That's right. So our next segment is um, our Pete's Powerful Moment. Um, We would like to hear something that might have moved you, changed you through your journey, your work, um, through your spiritual care, self-care. Okay, well, I think my Pete's Powerful Moment um, would just be the realization that um, living in the moment is the most important thing. Gosh, whether you're uh, a cancer survivor or not, our, our lives are so full of things and stuff and events. And, uh, sometimes we live so much in the future or, uh, we live so much in the past that we forget to live in the moment. And so I think being mindful of, of living in the moment, um, and truly enjoying, uh, what is right in front of you, um, in that moment, even if it's, you know, a, a cup of hot coffee or a cold glass of iced tea on a hundred degree day or whatever it might be, but just truly savoring the moment for what it is, even if it's the smallest of things. And, um, you know, I, and just, again, the whole idea of perspective um, and finding something positive in what looks to be completely negative, uh, just rearranging your perspective and uh, just being able to look back and, and just say, you got this. Yeah. I got this. I got this. Absolutely. You've got this. Yeah. Those are, those are powerful words, you know, uh, in three words only. Yeah. <laughs> you know, very powerful three <laughs> words. Yeah. Very powerful three words. You got this. Mm-hmm. No matter what you're going through, you got this. And we're here at the Survivorship Center to help you along the way. That's um, right. You know, whatever that looks like, whether it's 
um, as you said earlier, Eminem, you know, a month kind of thing or a year or whatever that looks. I mean, we're here for you for whatever period of time it is um, and to provide self-care activities and programs and, and things like that. Um, we want to thank you for, for being with us today. It's very good. I learned a lot. Pam, I know. I uh, did too. I know our listeners did. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's so much to apply, a lot of application from this. I feel like I'm leaving with some homework. Um, <laughs> go pick some weeds might, and go to the which symphony. Which might be weeds yeah. and symphony. I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like I got some homework. And I think, um, you know, it, it will make us all better, you know, mm-hmm. if we take um, today's episode and apply it. I think what I'm going to leave with is um, we can all be kind to ourselves. Um, no matter what you're going through, just be kind to yourself, and your story is unique. So mm-hmm. right. you write it. That's right. Right. You might as well write a good one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org. Thanks again. And we'll be back next week.